It is such a blessing to be here today Um, because we took a little too long on our presentation. I think I have 10 minutes to preach this morning. Uh, So um, if you could turn to, we're going to be in different passages this morning. Um, This is a topical message, um, but if you can turn to Psalm 127 uh, as we begin, as we've shared, it's just been such a privilege for us to be part of the CBC family and to still be part of the CBC family. We, uh, we think back, and, and this kind of segues into the sermon, but um, I, I think back, and our commissioning Sunday from the Bridge Bible Fellowship, uh, I remember it very differently than certain people remember it, because uh, I remember it um, because I... I Remember the shilling, shrilling cries of uh, uh, my uh, now fourth daughter um, outside. She was just screaming um, because she was inconsolable because we had um, we had received her in our home uh, two days before uh, the, that service, and um, Aunt Steffi, um, Molly's sister, uh, was trying to. Um, console her, and uh, she she still had you know drugs in her system, and she uh, had been on the streets for a year before that, um, from the time she was born, and uh, we um, we are so thankful um, that the Lord uh, has given us our um, our family and given us our kids. I mean, you're a family. Listen, if you get married, you're a family. Boom, you're a family. So when God, when people say, like, when are you going to start your family? You say, we're married. You're like, we started. You know what I mean? So, uh, okay, so that's done. But then, but then, yeah, but then we say, okay, like, um, children, as we'll read in a second, are a blessing from the Lord. And so something that is just on my heart, and Patrick said, share something on your heart, you know, just preach through a passage on your heart. And um, the, what I wanted to share, and I don't know how often it's been shared, um, but just want to share about adoption and want to share about um, the reality of orphans, that there are still functional orphans um, here in Los Angeles County is one of the biggest in the entire country. I don't know if you know that. We didn't know that. Um, but there, wherever you are, we're in Albania now. We are um, also, we have a, a heart for orphans. We want to reach those who are left behind. And as believers, we're called to do this multiple times in the scriptures. So this is what um, we'll be looking at today is just God's heart for orphans and I, I just want to um, encourage you because we saw the Lord through the process. It took us uh, four years. I believe it was, uh, it was maybe a little over four years for all four of our children to be adopted. Um, the impact of the gospel and the opportunities that you have on uh, social workers, on uh, lawyers, on therapists. We had four, well, two, dis- two, two lawyers and two paralegals, there were four folks from Disney that helped us with portions of our um, adoption paperwork because it has to be legally right. And uh, we, they were sitting there around our dining room table and we have scripture all over our wall um, and we're able to talk through aspects of the gospel with them. And 
we've had these opportunities over and over for the gospel. And um, it, was a, it was a very, very rocky time for us, as you know, uh, who were with us during that time. Um, we, we were um, really just, just upheld by prayers. I'll never forget uh, Carmichael's kind of starting Turner Tuesdays. Uh, so it felt kind of like you name it Tuesday after us. But they were, uh, they were praying for us. They would fast and pray for us on Tuesdays because those were days that we would have visits um, uh, with birth parents. And um, so I just, I can't express just the thanks that we have for um, Christ Bible Church and just for just the, the, just the brothers and sisters of, of prayer and just practicing the one another's. But I just want to encourage you um, that, like, we couldn't have gone through the adoption process if it wasn't for this church. We couldn't have. We had a very, very supportive family that prayed and, and carried us through, but we also needed the local church. And there's no way we could have gone through the process without, um, without this body. And so um, I felt obligated then to kind of walk through um, orphans, adoption, a little bit biblically, um, just so that, you know, there is a heritage of ad- adoption here. Um, in this in this body, and um, we'll, we don't know what God will do, but if if a family decides to pursue the, uh, foster or pursue adoption, um, they need all of you. Like you, you can't do this by yourself, and we we realized that very very quickly, and we were never alone. We were always with our brothers and sisters here, and so. Um, First, this, this, just read this passage, and then we'll, we'll be jumping in a lot of different passages. We won't turn to all of them. Feel free to write them down. Feel free to um, turn to them if you're a speed. You know, what is it, the Bible, like, you know, I got the passage, the sword drills. If you're really good at sword drills, then by all means, flip through them. Um, but, but just write down the passages. These might be encouraging to you to look at later. The first one is um, from Psalm 127, 3 through 5. And in this passage, um, well, I'll just begin in verse 3, but it says, Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the, hands of, in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak, their na- their, when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Uh, this has a this has a lot um, to say, but a couple of things I just want you to take away from this passage are that it, it doesn't specify. It almost doesn't specify which children are a gift from the Lord. Do you notice it says children, all children, so every single baby is a gift from the Lord. Second, um, these children or like arrows in the hands of a warrior. If you think of a warrior that doesn't have arrows, you know, he's an archer, and he doesn't have arrows, is that a good thing? You don't want to be the archer, right? Uh, so if you think about that in our culture, a lot of people are saying, hey, don't have kids, you know, oh, what's this bananas out there? It is bananas out there, and it's going to get more bananas. I mean, we're in Revelation right now. What, what do you think? It's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Uh, Children are still a gift from the Lord, even in the midst of that, still a gift from the Lord. And God's promises don't, um, don't fall. And um, children are also the way that, look, we can't save our kids, but we entrust our kids to the Lord because the gospel is powerful, and the gospel saves our kids. And God saves our kids. 
but we need to live that out. And they need to see us. They need to see mommy and daddy, uh, you know, get angry, ask forgiveness, uh, and they do it all over again uh, the next day, you know, and um, they need to see that. But this is the way that uh, the gospel does go out. It is, it is another way the gospel goes out. What is an orphan? An orphan in the Hebrew, uh, that word is um, used of one that's alone or deprived. It's one that has no one to care for them. Normally, it's, it's someone without a father, so fatherless. If you are in the Old Testament, you hear fatherless, that's an orphan. Um, this is one who um, is exposed to danger, exposed to the elements. Uh, my, my sons and I did a survival with, uh, with Captain Blood yesterday with my father-in-law. And um, we were in the wilderness, you know. It, it, it wasn't wilderness, wilderness, but we were in the wilderness, and we were learning survival skills. And what they teach you is that you have to protect yourself from exposure, exposure to the elements, exposure to bad water, exposure to um, um, animals, you know, exposure. Uh, the children we're talking about don't have protection from these elements. You know, they, it, it, quite literally, some are homeless. Our children were homeless. Um, they were hungry. Um, they, they needed food. You know, they needed, they needed just the basics. But they also were in danger. They needed someone to come and take care of them and um, be, be a father to them. In this society, in the Hebrew and Greek society, if you didn't have a father, you, you were kind of toast. Uh, you were, it was almost a death sentence for you because you had no rights. There were no rights. Anybody could take advantage of you. And we might think, oh, that's a very foreign concept, but um, it actually still happens today. Um, those who do not have a voice, and in every culture, this is the case. You know, kids, kids are normally, it's the olders and the youngers are the ones that um, uh, get, get um, hurt, that are exposed in this way. So who cares for the orphans? God cares for the orphans. And let me just read some passages just to put this in perspective. God is the father to the fatherless. In Psalm 68, 5 and 6, it says, A father to the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. In Deuteronomy 10, in the law, it says in 10.18, He executes justice for the orphan and the widow. He shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So God provides. He provides not only food and clothing, but he also provides justice. So if somebody is doing injustice against an orphan, against a widow, they're going to have to deal with God ultimately. God is the one that is their advocate. And it says this. It's Psalm 10, 17 through 18. O Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to vindicate the orphan and the oppressed so that man who is of earth will no longer cause terror. We know that we're to fear God. God is the one to be feared. And this is because he is Lord of lords. He is the one who will bring reckoning to everyone. And uh, he is the one that will care for the orphan and the oppressed. He is the redeemer. Um, in Proverbs 23, 
10 and 11, it says, Do not move the ancient boundary stone or go into the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is strong. He will plead their case against you. That idea of against you is like God going to war against them. And uh, moving a boundary storm, stone was um, equivalent to just stealing the birthright of something. It was, it was stealing what, what God had entrusted through, through um, each tribe in Israel, the exact land, and it was taking and stealing really from God. God entrusted this to each family, and you're not to mess with it. You're not to hurt these kids or these, these that don't have anyone to, um, to help or speak up for them. Who hears the cry of the orphan? Um, in Exodus 22, 22 and 23, it says, you will not afflict any widow or orphan. And so God's giving this command to the people. If you afflict him at all, and if he does cry out to me, I will surely hear his cry. God hears the cry of the, of the orphan. And God helps the orphan. Um, Another passage that I'll, I'll read, and then we'll, we'll look at a, a, a few other ways that God cares. But is um, Psalm 10, 13 through 14. Why has the wicked spurned God? He has said to himself, you will not require of it. You have seen it. You have seen it. For you yourself has beheld mischief and vexation to take into your hand. The unfortunate commits himself to you. You have been the helper to the orphan. So God is the one that helps orphan and then there were many commands in the old testament you can just write this down uh, but in deuteronomy 24 17 it says you shall not pervert the justice due an alien or an orphan do not pervert justice why did why are all these commands given well it's because it's very easy to to um if somebody has no one to advocate for them they have no rights it's very easy for anyone trample on their rights and to um, to take advantage of them. And this is the case with orphans. Um, but they're made in God's image. And, and as we have seen, they have a special relationship. God has a special relationship to orphans, and he will care for them. We've seen this up close. We've seen ways like, wow, how, how did God preserve in this situation? How did God take care of this little one? He does. He takes care of them in amazing ways. One of the, the ways he does this, and um, by way of application, we need to ask, like, what should our response be? We are to def defend the orphan. It says this in Isaiah 1, 16 and 17. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Job did this. In Job 29, 12, he says, I delivered the poor who cried for help and the orphan who had no helper. And we all know this passage in James, James 1, verse 27, right? Um, this is kind of a, a summary passage um, that James uses to in, kind of introduce this, his next section. He says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this. It is this. To visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. That idea of visit is um, when you had the visitation of God. God came down. He visited them. Um, this is how we are to visit 
orphans and widows in their distress. We are to uh, embody that same, you know, we are coming. We are acting out um, on behalf of God. We are we're coming to serve and to care for those who are uh, in the most distress. And that distress is trouble, stress, pressure. It, it, be, it could be oppression. It could be, could be persecution. It could just because the child is born. The child is born and nobody had a plan. And the child is just left. Nobody cares. Or God cares and we're to care. One of the major ways of caring for orphans is to take them into your own home as your own children. Now, God may not be calling each of you into this, but um, God may be calling some of you or maybe a couple. And um, if he is, um, the rest need to come alongside and help. Adoption um, in the ancient Near East was a way that you provided for your birth line to continue. You could provide through through um, a son, adopting them and making them your own, where they they have all the rights as your as as if they were born to you. Our kids on the birth certificates they say that they're our kids. They were born to us, is what it says. Um, and this is this is biblical. They they are ours now. We're responsible for them. Everything we have is is theirs, um, and we care for them as our own kids. Uh, some examples of adoption in the Bible: Moses, if you remember, was adopted. We probably wouldn't have the Pentateuch if Moses wasn't adopted by um, Pharaoh's daughter. We probably wouldn't have it because he wouldn't know how to read, write, and he was he went to the best school of the time. And God did this to preserve His people and deliver them, and entrust the law to them. If you think of Esther, Esther was um, adopted by Mordecai. Jesus was adopted by Joseph. Remember this? Yeah. Um, also, in, I'll end here. Um, I have a whole minute left. Um, <laughs> God adopted you and me. And this is something I think we forget. Um, was anybody born into the family of God? Any of us? Were you born? Well, except for Adonis. Anybody born into the family of God? No. Only Jesus was born into the family of God. He was the only one. And every other believer, anyone that's a believer, is adopted. You've been adopted. So sometimes it's kind of it's kind of the opposite, right? In our in our societies, you know, having a family, that's that's what's normal. And so you have kids and okay, that's normal. Uh, but in God's family, that's not normal. There's one son, and then the rest are adopted sons and daughters of God. And so when we look at uh, the fact that we've come to faith in Christ, it's such a privilege. And it's, I mean, the doctrine of adoption, and this is for, for another sermon, uh, that, um, that, you know, and even your own study. And I'll, I'll give you some passages that you can actually dive into a little bit. But if you, if you remember who we were, in Ephesians 2, 2 through 3, so in Ephesians, it says, and I, I just want to read the beginning of that passage as well, lest we forget. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit which is now working in the sons of disobedience. The sons of what? Disobedience. The sons of disobedience. That's what we were. We were sons and daughters of disobedience. We didn't obey God. That's who all of us were. We were all 
disconnected from God. We're all dead in our sins and trespasses, and we're sons and daughters of disobedience. But God, being rich in mercy, because he loved us with his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. These are, that's us. This is us. That we were dead in our sins and trespasses. And if you're born again today, and I, I would just challenge if you are not born again, if you haven't turned to Christ today, um, this is where you currently are. Like you're separated from God. There's no one that's born into the family of God. If you're, if you think that you're, because you, you, even that you prayed a prayer just because you you uh, walked the aisle, or because because you were born into a family, or you go go to a church, or because your dad's an elder, or because of whatever, it doesn't matter. Dad's a deacon. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That doesn't make you a child of God. You're a child of God because you repent and believe and you turn to Christ. And because he calls you and because he changes you and he's the one that transforms you. And, and you went from death to life and you're a child of wrath and become a child of God. And now you have all the privileges of inheritance. Um, they are all yours in Christ. In the last passages that I'll just read, um, we are children of God. It says this in, in 1 John 3, that uh, we, we are called children of God. In Galatians 4, and let me read, let me actually end on, on um, Galatians 4 and Romans 8, and we'll end here. But Galatians 4 says that, this is Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God sent forth his spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This is like daddy. We can call God daddy now. Those who we were children of wrath, we were dead. We were enemies of God. We had his wrath. We're deserving of this. And now we can call God our dad. And if we are a son, then now we are an heir through God. All the riches and blessings are ours in Christ. And in Romans 8, it says, this is 8, 15 through 17. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you received a spirit of adoption of sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. You hear that? Fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may be also glorified with him. A short summary of this is, um, I, I've heard this from Mark Tatlock, doc, Dr. Mark Tatlock. Um, he, he just gave this great summary. Adoption is the basis of our salvation. It's the basis of our, our relationship with Christ. Adoption is the basis of our Christian conduct, our sanctification. It's our basis of our prayer. It's the basis of our Christian hope. Adoption gives rest 
It gives us security. Adoption gives provision because God gives all good gifts to his kids, right? Takes care of us. Adoption gives hope that we have hope. And as believers, we have living hope. Someday we will be completely free from sin. We will be with God, our Father. So as we um, conclude here, I just want to encourage you um, to, to do your own study on your adoption in Christ. And uh, really let that not leave you each day. Because uh, it's something that if, uh, boy, if we weren't adopted, that would be a big deal. Because that means we're not born again. Um, there are books on the back table. We actually have um, a, a table set up with a lot of Albania things, so you can see. Also, there's this little book on adoption that you can have for free if, um, if that's something that would be helpful to you. It tells the story of Joseph being adopted. Um, oh, sorry, Jesus. Sorry, Jesus being adopted by Joseph. Um, and it might be a help to you. But we're just so thankful um, for each of you. And let me just close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your kindness to us. Uh, you've just lavished your grace on us in Christ. We had no hope. Uh, we were dead. We were children of wrath. We were children of the prince of the power of the air. Uh, we were wandering around helpless and blind in darkness with your wrath upon us. But you sent your son and you changed everything. And we are so thankful. And we pray, Lord, that you would use us as your children to proclaim the excellencies of your gospel to others, that they also might be children of God. Also, Lord, we pray that you would use us as a local body here in Southern California to reach out and care for orphans. There are a lot of them. We just pray that you give us eyes to see them and, and hearts to care for them and the ability to do that. Just thank you for this precious body. Please just bless my brothers and sisters. Help us to all walk faithfully with you uh, until we see one another again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please.